and welcome once again to the How Long to Speak podcast. I'm Rick, joined as ever by Paula. Hello. And Alex. Hey. This week's going to be an intense week, as well as talking you through all the fiery, in, in some cases, completions, retirements, and currently playing games that we've got on our plates. Uh, we're going to talk you through intense gaming moments. Uh, that's this week's topic. And then... It's all to play for, so it's going to be an intense round. This, the latest run of the new format of the game we like to call How, How Long, Long to, to Be, be. How Long to Beat the, the Game. game. Yeah. Shit, I noticed it this week. You really do wait for me to start saying it yes. before you go. Well, I can because <laughs> I have a delay anyway, so I can just wait. <laughs> Back to the drawing board, it is. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about your completion first, Alex? Because I've literally never heard of this game. Well, it's the, the so this is from the Twelve Days of Itchmas. Um, so I, I thought I don't know if we're gonna do. I guess as we talked about this before, I'd love to do another like Itchmas thing at the end of uh, at the end of it. I don't know if you guys will have time, but maybe we could organize some stuff in general. But uh, they're very short games, I will say. So far, they've all been like. 10 15 minute games um but hot hmm. panic is one that i beat where you're basically just um like having a conversation while cooking hot pot and it's like Dude, that's fun it's really adorable because like the idea is like you got to maintain this conversation but you also you got to watch the food because you don't want the food to burn right and if you're looking at the food yep. you can't hear what they're saying so you have to like look up and like they'll say things you have to like and it's very chill and it's kind of ps1-ish type kind of graphics um it's just really kind of adorable and silly and uh, a fun time. So, like, I, I, I recommend it. It was a nice kind of a starter. I mean, I think this was the second game uh, that came out, but I, I really enjoyed it. That does sound fun. I kind of... Bad, I forgot Itchmas was a thing, low-key. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have to try and organize it. I'd be totally down. That sounds a little bit like... Um, oh. What is it? The game is the name of the game escapes me. Um, that bit in What Remains of Edith Finch, the bit with the the fish, where you where you like playing as the fishmonger. I didn't like that segment, but it does remind me of that. Do you want to take a minute? You're muted. FYI. Sorry, sorry, we're good. My partner just asked me a few things about some clothing and stuff. Sorry, <laughs> we're we're good. Um, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, let's just repeat for a second. Sorry about that. Um, always on my edit week what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's because it is your edit week so. uh, I remember that yeah you remember there you go okay um, sorry just repeat your last thing <laughs> so I'll, I'll cue you in I literally just said it reminds me of um, the sounds of it what remains of Edith Finch the bit with the, the fishmonger Section. Oh yeah, were you cutting through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except probably much more chill. <laughs> um, in that sense, it, it's like a little bit like that. Um, if I'm remembering that section right, I could also just be forgetting that section because isn't that the section where like you're cutting and then you see things happening? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I have to say I thought it was a bit rubbish. It's just like where my brain went when I was picturing what you're describing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's more like um, you know what? It's more like a WarioWare micro game longer okay like in the sense that it's it's kind of silly and like you literally just press like w to look up and then s to look down and when you're <laughs> looking down it's just like you, you put food in the hot pot and then when it gets gold you can eat it and it'll fill up your stomach 
but they're talking. And so when you look up, you can see what they're saying. And sometimes they'll say something like, you'll ask them something like, oh, what's new in your life? And they're like, oh, so much. And like, they'll tell you a thing and then they'll ask you a question. And if you were staring at the hot pot, you're like, <laughs> oh, and you just guess. And it's very funny. <laughs> no, that sounds great. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, kind of like spookware too, actually. It reminds me of that vibe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just sounds like a regular uh, Saturday to me or something like that. <laughs> exactly. It's very, very good if you, if you, you know, struggle to maintain conversation, which I do very often. It's always just like, oh, what, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually, the slight interruption that we had just a second ago. Um, which might have been edited out, but might actually be funny to keep in, is actually very similar to what the game is all about. <laughs> Where if you're distracted, you miss what I was someone says. It out. I kind of can't now. Yeah, just leave it in. Because honestly, <laughs> it's really thematic to the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exactly what the game is. There's a meta thing. Yep. Life imitating art. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Rick, why don't you tell us about... Uh... Ooh, you beat Severed Steel, huh? Really good. Very, very good. Um, and it, it really holds the pace all the way through. Like, it's not a massively long game. Like, it took me about three hours total to beat, but it, there's loads of extra stuff to explore. So there's, like, a roguelike version. There's extra challenges that unlock after the fact. For me, the main campaign, powering through that for now, I think I've had my fill. There's lots of stuff that I want to sort of go on to, so I'm not necessarily going to dig in too much. But the core campaign is really well-designed. Um there's something really visceral about the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. It feels like... Um, no, it doesn't feel like it. it. It has a similar sort of vibe to the, the foot-forward combat that Doom has you doing, the more recent Dooms, but the way that it enacts it is instead of regaining health um, through kills... There's invulnerability through movement. So as long as you're performing a trick or um, in motion, you can maintain your slow-mo. You are essentially invulnerable. And so that encourages you to really be aggressive in weaving in and out of enemies, looking for opportunities to dive through windows and slide under things. Um, you have a melee attack. It's not super effective. You're always encouraged to use um weapons the weapons are varied enough um and it's generally quite obvious um when you're looking at things on the floor and when you're looking at what enemies are doing what weapon they've got and how you're going to be able to use that um particular favorite and I, it's not normally something that i feel for games like this um like riot shield enemies because there's something so satisfying about running through a wall or um, wall kicking off something or sliding past them and then slow-mo turning around and just getting their exposed behind. Um, few moments of frustration. There's a boss battle towards the back end of the penultimate chapter that wasn't necessarily um, balanced super well. Like, it's not a deal breaker, but it, it, it was a bit of a, a, a stop in momentum because of the way it was implemented. But overall, just a really, really solid game. And I have to say, having sort of revisited in my head my memory of the demo feels a lot better, the final product. Like, even in the short time between the demo and the release, you can tell that they tidied up a lot of things. Um, 
easy recommendation, particularly um, now that now that it's been out a while, it's probably going to be going on sale regularly. One thing I should say, this has got a Switch port and a PlayStation port, and I assume an Xbox port as well. I do not know that I'd want to play this with analog sticks. Like, it, it really is the kind of game you should be playing with a keyboard and mouse, um, particularly if you want to sort of take advantage of that slow motion and the wide arcs of camera movement that you can actually really utilize and that will elevate your play. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend it on console. On PC, I had a fucking blast and would recommend anyone who's not going to get massively motion sick to give it a go because it is really, really good. Um, second game I beat this week was a really interesting one. I forgot I had it. I also didn't really intend to play it, but I saw it on sale on the eShop for like a pound fifty. I was like, hang on, I think I already own that. Double checked, I did own that. And I thought, well, I'll give it a play on PC, see if I like it. I can always download it on um on Switch. But it's only a couple of hours long and I played it on PC for a bit. I was like, actually I am enjoying myself. I'm just gonna finish it. This might be a completely unique experience to me in terms of our audience, people are listening. Um, back on iOS, in like the halcyon days of mobile gaming becoming a thing and people really experimenting with it and doing cool stuff, uh, there was a game called Ziggurat. Um, interestingly, what's oh, Tim Rogers of Action Button fame was involved in the development of this game. Um, and the concept was simple. You are stood atop a mountain. You can fire either side. The longer you hold the shoot button, the bigger the bubble you shoot gets, and the bubble is subject to physics, and you survive as long as you can. That game has not been updated. It no longer works. Uh, the creators behind it have been very open about the fact they have no intention of um, going back to it, revisiting it, making it playable in any way. Um, and the state of iOS backwards compatibility and preservation being what it is, that game has lost time. Tawaga is very, very similar, except with a campaign mode, and also instead of like having the angled shot on a touchscreen, you just use your mouse to fire the shots off. There are a few other intricacies. It doesn't have the same clean focus or simplicity that Ziggurat ever did, but by God, it's a really good time for a few hours. Um, very arcadey, challenging in parts. The story kind of doesn't matter. But again, like Severed Steel, there are some sort of bonus mode, survival, horde, wave stuff, if you want to try those things. And I, I surprised myself with how much of a good time I had. And it, it was a game that I didn't think I would ever really get to play again in, in that, that sort of style. Um, so it was a really nice surprise in that sense as well. Um, the sale will have ended by the time that anyone gets to see it. But this is a game that regularly is, is available for like a pound or your regional equivalent on Steam. It was 134 on Switch. So you can get this cheap. And if you get it on a really deep discount, it's well worth the money for a few hours of play, in my view. Um, had a nice time with this one. It was a pleasant surprise on the whole. Um, nothing from Paolo this week, so that takes us through what we've beaten. Now, Alex, you have a retirement that you really need to explain. I mean, it's a pretty... It's Honestly, it's a pretty standard, oh. like, same as what like you do sometimes with the retirements, where it's it's... I'm definitely going to play it again. Um, it's just one that fell off. And I, so I retired Castlevania, um, Order of Ecclesia. I just stopped playing. Like, you know how sometimes, it, I think the issue too is like, um, I've been doing a lot more um, like painting and hobbying, right? Mm -hmm. and so what I've noticed is that my game time has mostly been like PC and my Xbox, my console. Um, and then mm -hmm. when I'm on the bus, I'm, you know, 
I'm playing my Switch just because I, I still find Switch is an easier thing to take with me than the 3D. You know, it's, it's just if you say so. Yeah, no, <laughs> I I just find the Switch to be a little less comfortable, just like to fit Odyssey in my bag because like just the transport. That's all really. Um, okay. Um, so I find the Switch a little easier, um, and so. Uh, it just, I haven't found time for it, I guess. And like, I don't know if you guys feel this sometimes, but like occasionally I get like really into something and then like I stop for a day or two and I'm like, oh, I'll get back to that. And then it gets longer and longer. <laughs> and you're like, shit, it's too late now. <laughs> like, you know, you've just like, yep. you've you've missed it. And so... At this point, I'm also stopped in an area that I think is pretty good. It's like, I think I just fe- finished the, like, skeleton boss going up the big ladder, uh, big Oh, it's tower. a fucking great boss battle. The I remember one. that one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the crab, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, I just beat that one. It was yeah. great. But I'm also like, that feels like a nice sort of spot to pick up. Because honestly, I kind of want to, sort of silly, there's no like, reason to, but I sort of want to play this in October. Because, like, this is, like, such a Halloween-y game for me. And so, like, I'm kind of going to save it, I think. Um, I've also played so many Castlevania games at this point that I'm not like I don't need to play it right now. Um, so that that was kind of it. It's a very it's a very soft retirement um, because I'll definitely go back and play it. I have an intention to play all the DS Castlevanias. Um, so because again, nothing wrong with it. It's a great game. Um, yeah, they're just, all classic. Yeah, exactly. Just at this point, I was like, oh, okay, maybe not right now. Um, but I've had a very busy hobbying time the last this month. <laughs> because we were preparing for a big game tomorrow, which is going to be fun. Um, yeah, we're doing Helm's Deep. It's going to be great. Um, so, uh, yeah, what's... Um, okay, the, the other one is Dead Estate Classic. So that's another one of the uh, Itchmas games. And it's actually it's a cute little game. See, I believe it has a full release on Steam now, actually. It's a um, game I've heard of. I feel like, is it a top-down shooter sort of thing? Yes. Pretty, Isometric, yes, I've heard of it, yeah. Um, roguelite shooter it's on vita i feel like there's one like that on vita it might be called dead something else let me do anyway sorry carry on i'm gonna chat Um, so cute art style quite enjoyable um but i retired it because they did the cardinal fucking sin of having in an isometric game flying enemies that you can only hit when they swoop down but here's the problem. You cannot fucking tell when they're in the fucking air or when they're fucking down. And you also can't tell when what plane they're fucking in when they come down. So I got killed by them and I was like, no, fuck you game. You have done a very bad thing. And I was like, and it sucks because the rest of it was really fun. And I don't understand why they felt the need to have these enemies in this game. It does not work in your fucking perspective. Why would you do this? Like, I was like, Zelda learned that this was a problem back in the day, and you repeated the same mistake? Like, uh, it just... Oh, I was so... I was flabbergasted, honestly. I was like, are you serious? What? Like, it it immediately tanked my enjoyment of it so fast. I have never Mm. 180'd on a game so hard as in that moment. I was like, no. Fuck you. Um, Because it went from being like, sort of fun and slightly challenging to just like kind of bullshit, you know, like, you know, you know, that experience when you play a game and you're just like, Oh, well it's like, it's not even that I'm like, it was like, it's, this isn't hard. This is annoying. You know what I mean? Where you're like, 
Yeah, I guess it's technically hard, but it's hard because it doesn't make sense. Like, I can't tell where things are. It's not hard because I'm, like, not maneuvering properly. It's like, I can't tell. Like, I, I just can't tell because it does. Uh, it's an isometric feel when, because when he swoops down, you don't actually swoop down. You're, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. I have to say it sounds quite intense. It is. It, that, that could be a prelude <laughs> for sure. It was an intense moment. That's <laughs> Foreshadowing is a literary device. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of. Yeah. So I, I was thinking of a different game. I have seen this one before, but I'm pretty sure it's PC only. I don't even know if it's got like um yeah, it's PC a modern platform port. Yeah, it's a, it's a small little thing. Like I think even the Steam release, the times are only like two hours or something, and this one's times are way shorter. It's probably like fifteen minutes. Okay, Molly, not my mouth. Mm. My dog is on my lap trying to sniff my mouth right now. Um, so Aww. there. We go. Um, anyway. I will I will tag in so you can mute yourself and yeah, sort what you need to sort. <laughs> so uh, Tumble Seed is a weird one. Again, another one that was on sale on Switch. And I thought, well, I'll give this a try on PC. C, a, if I like it. B, if I might prefer to play it on the handheld and just double dip. Uh, Tumble Seed is a weird one. So you control like a paddle on the middle of the screen. And you can move either side up or down. And so obviously you're moving the Tumble Seed on a 2D plane by manipulating this platform that the seed is on. Um, there are a couple of like different modes that you can change your seed into so that it does slightly different things. Ultimately, it's, it's a nice idea that doesn't control very well, or at least didn't feel like it controlled very well. Like The kind of thing where you envisage it and it sounds like a good idea, and then what's supposed to happen is you play twist it and very quickly realize that it doesn't actually work all that well um is, also it turns sorry go on I was gonna, is this the one that has like the colorful little like round things on the cover and like an orange background oh my god this i think since the day the switch has been out has been one of those games that i've always seen on sale and stuff and i'm like what the fuck is this game <laughs> it, it's also kind of an interesting one because there, there's some beef not some beef there's some um background with the developer first thing they insist the game's a roguelike it kind of isn't and by the sounds of it, like in response to player feedback, they had to add like a checkpoint system. So even less of a roguelike. Um, they've also seemingly burnt quite a lot of goodwill through the community by like complaining about not enough people buying the game and um, like bitching about the marketing they did and all the money they spent and like possibly legitimate criticisms. I've not looked into it much, but not a good move whether you're in the right or not. So, strange one. It's just a bad look in general, right? Like, even if you're look in general, on, yeah, it's like, it, it just, because it, it reads like whining, right? And it's like... It okay. seeds like whining. <laughs> there you go. Jesus. <laughs> but yes, no, I absolutely agree. And the game just, it, it you get one shot at the first impression, the game didn't make a very good first impression. Um, so ditched in favor of things that i want to play infinitely more i've just accepted that that one's not the one and i've paid for it once and that's exactly how many times i'll pay for it in total um yeah so would say alex maybe skip that one yeah i always looked at it and was like mm, nah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and we've got again nothing retired from paola so why don't you instead take us through and tell tell us what you've been playing 
and whether or not you spent any money on Guardian Tales yet. <laughs> I haven't spent any money on Guardian Tales yet. Yet. And I'm never <laughs> going to spend any on it. God damn it, Rick. Uh, still, I can uh, give a shout out to a little project that, uh, that kept, kind of kept me busy from playing a lot. And it is game related, so it counts. Paul okay. is not cheating, I swear. And um, that is um, um, Rune Factory 4 to RDF, which is a project where we take a data mined database from uh, Rune Factory 4 and compare it to the RDF format. And that means you have um, triples of information where, and you have all the information organized uh, neatly so you can query it easier. And we actually did a lot of like very interesting queries like in Rune Factory there, there's a life simulator, life simulation aspect. Like you can marry characters inside the game and you can give them gifts. And one of the queries that we did and we actually presented in the presentation um, was that for a character called Vishna, I think, uh, you want to give him royal curry, which is his favorite plate. And the query was, okay, we need to know which items you need for the recipe for royal curry and where to find them or how to obtain it. So in that sense, we got like in a, not in a couple of lines, there were a lot of lines, but you can like just compile all the information in one query and get all your answers in one place and that was awesome sorry i needed and i needed to give that little shout out to that information um i will probably want to include the github to the project in case any person that is listening to is familiar with rdf and stuff like that and smart cool and wants to try it out and uh, now to the real games because <laughs> I have I actually haven't played Rune Factory for yet, but I'm planning to. Is Guardian Tales? As I said, I haven't spent any money on the game. I won't spend any money on the game. Fuck you, Rick. And oh, hurtful. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm hurting your little feelings <laughs> over there. <laughs> I'm just gonna go and cry. Mm. <laughs> Rick's just going to sulk in the I... corner while Paula talks. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, go to that corner, Rick. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, you chose violence today. <laughs> yeah. Paula's spicy. <laughs> I'm having a hot pot panic right now. <laughs> nice. Uh... Um, I haven't made any progress on the story, so I want to talk about it more today. So moving on to Pokemon MO. Sorry, so people are watching a uh, uh, football match. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Argentina just scored. They are 2 0 up at the time of recording. That sort of dates the recording time. I'm not seeing a goal. Okay, so Pokemon this is a MMO. total tangent, but. All the students at the schools that I'm subbing at are obsessed with the World Cup because they're from all over the world, right? No one gives a shit about Canada. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Canada's in. That was cool. They scored a goal neat. But everyone is just like, 
obsessed. It's very hard to keep anyone focused. They're always watching the games. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Are they collect? Are do they have the World Cup album over there? The World Cup what over here? Like the sticker album, like the Panini. Yeah, the sticker album. I. I'm the worst person to ask this question. To. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe I guess. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I've never seen one. I just, uh, you know, don't. It's not that I don't care. I think it's lovely that people get to enjoy this stuff. I just but. don't know anything about it. <laughs> that's the thing. Nothing against it. I just don't I know guess. anything. I played soccer when I was in school, and that's that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just keeping up with the memes, like the what's it? Germany against Japan or something yes. like that? Yeah. Germany Germany won the World Cup in 2014. They've fallen out of the group stages in both the next tournaments. Ooh, so it's a bit man. of a weird one. Yeah. All I know is okay. that Canada's Benjamin... hosting the next one with America and Mexico, which is... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a North American special. Well, yeah. no, that's not true. American continent special. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, there you go. We're a weird choice, but Mexico makes sense. <laughs> it's the whole thing geographically just sounds like a nightmare. Just the length. Anyway, it, this isn't a football podcast. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent over. Uh, goodness. Okay. So, video um, games. Poke- <laughs> video games. After video games. Uh, in Pokemon MMO. I've gone through a Rex gym in Peter City, so I have the Boulder Batch. Yay! It was a lot, no pun intended, the battle was a lot harder than expected because there's something about this, um, I guess, mod, if you want to call it that, where I don't feel I'm getting as much experience from battles as I'm supposed to have. Or, or they have like the system from black and white. I don't know. Uh, but the other thing is that for some reason you don't get as much money on this mod. Like, so I am trying to to battle all the trainers in my way to get the the occasional occasional potions and some pokeballs to catch Pokemon with. But I don't feel like I got like the initial like two thousand pocket dollars that you get or pocket gen if you want to call it that. And so in that sense, like I don't know, there's something weird about it. Like the progress has been a little bit slower, at least when it comes to catching all the Pokemon, which I'm totally gonna do here. Until I get more of it. Which is probably what's gonna end up happening. But anyways. Um, now I'm on my way to Mount Moon, which is going to be Subat Cave all over again. And yeah, that's about, that's, sorry, World Cup shenanigans. That's about all the progress that I've made. And on Pokemon White, on the other hand, I got blessed by Aaron Jesus and Gora Larios which is a legendary from Generation 3. And I got to uh, defeat Elisa very quickly with that. Then I went to the next gym, which 
of course, Team Plasma was going to stop us from getting to the next team. So I kicked their asses real quick, going to the next team. And because it is a ground type team, and I had a water type and a grass type, and some of the ground types were also steel types, and my grass type is also fighting type, um, it was a freeze. Now I'm trying to get to the next team, but there's these, um, I don't remember the name of the cave, but it has been quite a nightmare because one of the, my three first Pokemon that I got there was a Giratina, and I was trying to catch it. And it sent me back to the Pokemon Center, which was quite far from the cave. Actually, in that route, since the route is very long, uh, there's like a little resting place that is like a little house where someone will hear your Pokemon. But it is not a Pokemon Center, so you're not sent back to the last healing place. You're sent back to the last Pokemon Center. So I had to back. I had to go all the way there, and I think I am about to see the light of day again after quite a long time in that cave. I also found the the Giratina again and defeated this time around because it wasn't like in the three Pokemon rule of my challenge. And uh, that's it for Pokemon White. I defeated Lisa and it only took a legendary Pokemon for, for me to do it. Or to do it for me, really. The other game that I'm playing, and this one is my boyfriend's fault, is Guitar Hero World Tour. And everything started when one of his friends was playing Guitar Hero on the PC. And he was like, I want to play too. And he is looking at me right now. <laughs> and he also got a, a guitar that was uh, like one of those uh, plastic guitars that you can connect to the PC. So he was like, hey, want to play a round or two? And Oh my God, the first time I played, I actually calibrated the, the, the controllers like very poorly. So the first try was miserable. The second attempt was after I recalibrated the controller and that was much more enjoyable. Like I would recommend to anyone trying to play any rhythm game where you have to calibrate both the sound and the motion or the visual, sorry, uh, to calibrate it more than once because if you do it once poorly, then your whole experience might be in jeopardy. Um, so far, it's very fun. This is not a game that you finish per se, so you will probably see it like on retirements when we get tired of it. Or like you will see it like show up here and there. Uh, but yeah, that's that. And finally, it's Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. And who oh boy, I'm on the second dungeon, which is, let me check real quick, Midoro Palace, which means nothing to you, but anyways. And I am so glad the NSO has a rewind feature because there's so many little missteps that I've taken and so many ways that I would have just died miserably for stupid little reasons. And in this game, if you die, you have to walk all the way from the 
um, is it is it the Eastern Palace? I don't know. All the way from the place you start the game to whatever palace you ended up in. Mm -hmm. So that rewind feature plus the save states are fucking godsends. And I would recommend anyone who plays the game to, at the very least, have that, that little save state at the um, at the start of the uh, of each palace, so you don't lose all the progress. Or like, if you don't think that is fair to use save states, use save states anyway, because this game will kick your ass if you're not prepared. Um, I'm still very proud of myself because I. Um, I think I've gone farther than the first time I tried to play it. And I haven't had like a miserable of a time with it. And I'm starting to actually have fun because I'm standing the controllers and the controllers don't feel as clunky anymore. I don't know if that's a good thing to say about the game, but I'm having fun. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, I hopefully. Hopefully next time in the podcast, I'll have beaten the palace and I'll probably be on my way to the next one. Okay, um, Alex, Rick, anyone want to take it away? It is me then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have been playing kind of the same stuff that I've been playing for the last little bit here. Because um, I'm just kind of making some progress to it. I think Tiny Tina might be on the retirements next week. We'll see. Um, I've kind of, I, I talked about this last week. Like I've sort of had my fill of it, I think. Um, I've played a little bit more and it was a good time, but I can already sort of feel myself like, like I'm not feeling a drive to go and actually play the game, um, which to me is a good sign of just like, you know what? You had your fun. It's time to move on. Um, yeah. So maybe I should have moved it up this week anyway. No. More to talk about next week, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, I've been playing a little more of Return to Monkey Island. It's just so good. It's so good. It looks so pretty. The music is so great. The voice acting is wonderful. The puzzles are fun. I'm just I'm just having a good time with this one. Like it also feels like a treat to get to play this through Game Pass because you're just kind of like I should be paying for this because <laughs> it's one of those games where you're just like it's it's just good, you know. Um, and what a like what a genuine shock at how good this is you know because like it had it couldn't like it had everything going against it it's been years you know it's been fucking years since this game the game has been made because like telltale held before and those weren't very good they were okay i think from when i like i played the first one it was fine but that was kind of it right like you were like okay it's fine um and since the original two, it's just it's just been, it's been decades at this point. So it's like the fact that this comes out and it's amazing is just awesome. And it might be a testament to to like actually giving the original creators chance to kind of do what they wanted to. You know, um, doesn't work every time. Sometimes what the actual creator wants is a nightmare. George Lucas, um, but uh, <laughs> well, I love that guy. But you know what? Nah, this is a whole other thing, but the whole prequels thing, no, not the prequels, sorry. The, like, special editions, they were just experimenting to make the prequels. Like, I, bullshit that that's what he thought was the official thing. They even admitted that they're like, well, we needed to test out if we could, like, do this technology. So they're like, we'll make special editions. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I, uh, I extremely recommend this to any adventure fans. Um, and even if you haven't played the other ones, it's fine. 
they they get you kind of caught up. It's not a big deal. You like you'll probably enjoy it more if you've played the other ones, but it's certainly not a barrier to entry whatsoever. Like they've done a really good job at making sure you know what's going on. Um, I played a lot more of Persona Five Strikers, um, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm having a good time with it. it, it there's still little. Th- okay, this is one of those games we've talked about this a lot, where it's so good that the little things kind of bother you. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, like a negative eight sort of thing. Yeah, like it's like. It's like so close to just like really, 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 really amazing. And then there's this few things where you're just like, why would you do that? Because like, first off, the UI work of Atlas is incredible. Like, it was incredible in Persona 5. It's fucking unreal in this one. I think it's better in this one, actually. Like, they do some Mm. really fucking cool shit with their UI. I mean, just go into the shop. There's this new character that, like, does all this bouncing around and throwing things. And it's not... This is also what's interesting about their UI. It is stylish as fuck, but it's not lengthy, you know? Like, how sometimes people will do UI where it's like, oh, that's really cool, but Jesus Christ, I'd like to just get to my map, right? Instead of, like, watching a big thing. They somehow manage to create these crazy flourishes that are also just kind of instant fast. Um, And so it's the best of all worlds. Now... That being said, <laughs> I Uh-oh. think what might have happened sometimes, I can't, obviously I have no idea. This is wild speculation. But understanding how creative work gets done. When you make something like a complicated UI like this, that's going to require a ton of work and a ton of departments, right? And I have a feeling that UI had to be locked in pretty fucking early. Like they had to decide what, how you're going to access certain things. And then, potentially, if you're trying to deviate, I bet it they couldn't deviate a ton because they do this thing where, like, in this game, you're going into jails. Like, you remember in Persona... Wait, you've never played Persona 5, have you, Rick? You're playing it. P5, I've, I've played the tutorial dungeon set. It's funny, when you were talking about... Um... Order of Ecclesia before and you're like, I feel like this is a good point. And you know, when you just like you're already enjoying a game, then you just kind of stop. And that was literally me with Persona 5 Royal. Right. And I stopped nine hours in. And I've got like a dilemma now where I'm like, it's the game of the month. And I desperately <laughs> want to play it. Once I finish some of the stuff I'm currently playing, which I'll get onto, but like, do I just try and pick up where I left off and like just go from there? And I probably will, or do I start again? No, you just but yeah, up. I I think so. I think I'm just about on the cusp of where I can do that and still get the rest of the story and pick it back up. Maybe like watch someone's playthrough, just like the snippets of bits I need just to pick up. You don't even skip all the battle shit. Persona is a vibes game. It's not a fucking story game, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's not a story, it's a feeling. It, honestly, that <laughs> is how I would describe it. It's, it's a monthly gray think, subscription. I think of it, but like, think of like Persona 4 Golden. I don't remember what the fuck happened in that game. I just remember the the kind of chill vibes in that one. That's what that those games to me are all Wrong. about. Oh, I don't know. The story in Persona 4 is actually quite good. (laughs) No, I'm not saying it's a bad story. I'm just saying that that's not, I think, what is lasting about these games. They obviously have competent stories. And, like, I loved Persona 4's story, but it's just that it was wrapped around this, like, beautiful ambiance and, like, um, style and everything that, for me, is what sticks with me, you know? Um, That's not to Mm -hmm. knock the story. I'm not like I'm saying it's all style, no substance. That's not true at all. It is substance because of the way that they use their style 
Persona 5 might lean too far into the style, um, but that's a whole other conversation, which I'm sure... Anyway, you're, you're asking me if I played it with respect <laughs> to something you were going to yeah. say about the UR. Yeah, so just because I was going to kind of explain how Strikers works a little bit. No spoilers or anything, but it's just like the idea okay. is that you go into these like jail things, like in Persona 4, you know, when you go into yeah. um, like the TV. So it's like it's like that, but a different thing, right? Um, and it's been so sure. long since I played Persona 5 that I don't remember what they call it in that game, so I can't even really spoil it for you. Uh, so... Uh, just, you know, you know, you're the Phantom Thieves again. There you go. So, um, the thing is, they do this thing where, you know, you've got your Velvet Room, like in all Shin Megami Tensei's. Great. But, uh, <laughs> when you're in the jail, obviously you lose health and stuff. And when you, you get these checkpoints that you find, and you activate the checkpoints, which also, games stop it. It is the fucking... 21st whatever century just let me save wherever the fuck I want stop it <laughs> unless you have a good reason <laughs> stop it <laughs> um, and this game does not have any good reason except being on the switch so maybe that's why <laughs> um, but uh so it, it runs very well actually I have to give them major props it runs extremely well but here's the deal if you want to get health right and like increase your like get your health and your stamina. They say you can exit the jail, so they're like exit the jail, and then then you can go and you can buy stuff from the shop and whatever in like your little hangout area, and you can do some stuff. Now here and, and you're in the actual world. Now here's the problem. I'm already seeing the problems loading. Yeah, loading, and also yeah. it makes no sense because one gets the gets the feeling that they want you to spend time outside of the jail as well. But there's nothing to fucking do. It is an empty world. There is no story going on. The only story is in the fucking jail. So they're like, go out. Go back. And you're like, oh, okay. Maybe it opens up later, but I'm a I'm, I'm number of hours into the fucking game at this point, And, uh certainly hasn't yet and i don't think it's gonna because this is not the rpg experience this is the action one so don't interrupt my fucking action and why do i have to buy shit outside of the jail just let me buy shit while i'm in there let me hit the checkpoint let it auto increase my health again because why wouldn't it because it effectively does do that but you have to click a button load out of the fucking jail wait 30 seconds, we'll get back into the fucking jail. And then also when you go back to the fucking jail, you're not at your checkpoint. So you have to go scroll down, find the area that you were in and fast travel to it. It is fucking so stupid. It is the stupidest decision <laughs> I've seen in a game in a long time. I was like, are you serious? And that's why I think a lot of the UI shit was locked in. And they were like, fuck, the shop's outside of the jail. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, well, look, because they even tell you, they're like, there's no penalty to leaving the jail. And I was like, yes, there is, you fucking liars. It's called load times. <laughs> and I'm like, no penalty for leaving the goddamn jail. Oh, I'm so angry about this. I'm so angry about it because it seems so transparently stupid and like could so easily be fixed by just like, because they when you click on the checkpoint, you get a menu. It gives you a menu. What? Like, why would it give you a menu and you couldn't just add the shop and stuff to it? It. Oh god. And like, also, I'm like, don't give me some bullshit about like, uh, like, you know, I don't know, like, 
realism or something or like you know what i mean like there's no reason it's a crazy game with insane premise like the premise is fucking so batshit but that's fine because that's what you're in for and i'm happy to play that so anyway like again this is a negative but like understand that my experience with the game so far is like 95 percent very good uh and just this five percent is like if you just fixed this one thing this game would be perfect damn it (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at now. Wow. I know I was gesticulating a lot while having this conversation because my smartwatch just told me that I got 250 steps in. (laughs) I definitely haven't been moving. (laughs) Um, so anyway, what I will say is like the, um, the, the combat is really fun. Like the action combat. I, I, I think I like it more than Persona 5's combat. Um, I've heard that said before, actually. Uh... Yeah, it's like, it's really good. It incorporates um, the actual like spells that you can use. Um, you can switch between your personas really fast. You can switch between all the characters. There's like environmental things you can use. The bosses are really fun. Um, it's, it's really good. Um, it's the best Musou style-ish thing I think I've played. Um, cause I usually don't like those at all, but I was really into this one. So highly recommend it. Mm. It's a great follow-up if you play Persona 5. So for those of you playing the game of the month, which, you know, clearly we just said game of the month is Persona 5 Royal. Um, this is a fantastic thing to tag on afterwards cause it's less than half the time <laughs> that it takes to play. That's a low bar to clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'll anyway. be honest. Like, mm. About five minutes ago, you managed to combine sure and certainly into shortenly, and like my brain's still there. <laughs> I don't know. I was getting revved up. My my words are just going blah blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Uh, all um, right, Rick, what do you got? Yeah. So quite a few games. Games I was already playing. Um, Valkyrie Profile Lenith. I am now playing with a guide. I am having a lot more fun doing it that way. Um, it, it's a nice one to. Experience the combat and experience the story and not have to worry too much about the logistics of the dungeons and allocating my time in this instance. Um, Doesn't help that the in-game map is pretty slow and archaic and not at all in keeping with like the pace of the rest of the game. But the actual art and the combat system and once you get your head around it the upgrade system and the leveling up and, and the actual rpg of it pretty good and I'm, I'm enjoying myself which is the main thing um big focus this month or this week really has been ff7 remake uh, i need to finish this so that i can start persona 5 royal i started this right before persona 5 royal one game of the month i did not think it was going to win game of the month here we are um and i've gotten past the demo point so I'm in Midgar proper. It's interesting because at the moment it's still quite linear, which I don't necessarily mind. It's just not particularly what I expected at this stage of the game. Um, I like it a lot. I really like the combat system. I knew that was going to be the case. Like one of the reasons I bought it was the strength of the demo and the impression that left upon me. I don't know about the rest of it just because i've not really experienced much of the rest of it yet the one thing i will say without really giving anything away it's interesting already how they're playing around with the presentation of ff7's story 
and that's something that I'd already gotten the impression that it, it doesn't necessarily stick letter to letter to the script of the original, which I think is the right call, particularly for a game that's got that kind of a cultural reach. You do want to mix it up a little bit within reason. So that's another point of intrigue for me. But the main thing is, is a, the combat is really good and the game itself is really good. Exploration is probably where it's weakest at the moment, but it's early days. It could still move it around. So that one's interesting. Um, still playing Mario Rabbids. I'm about halfway through, I think. I think there are four main worlds. Um, I'm at the back end of World 2. Uh, I almost missed my stop on the train home from work because I was playing this game. It, it's great. It Genuinely, it feels like a 10 out of 10 at the moment for me. Like, it really... It's hard to think of a real, genuine flaw in the game. Um, Content-wise, it's really, really deep. I haven't really had a chance to experience it yet, but I love that all that extra stuff with the co-op specific things and the Kong missions and the challenge mode stuff. I love that that's all there. Um, it just, it, there's something magical about the fact that this concept even works. And I think that does elevate what is already an exceptional game just a little bit more. So yeah, still head over heels with that. Um, two new games this week. The first of those is Tokyo Jungle which obviously we did a few weeks ago for how long to beat the game. I have finally pulled my finger out and started it. This game's fucking funny. In the, so <laughs> the, the core conceit of the game is that you play as an animal and you have to mark territory, kill and eat other animals, and eventually earn enough XP or reputation to find another mate and then produce the next generation of those animals. In the tutorial for this mechanic, it says... And I quote, there are three types of mate, prime, average, and desperate. And there's something about the way that it was worded that just killed me off. Um, I can see the gameplay wearing thin, potentially. Like, the core loop is really strong, but it's also fairly limited. What seems to be a big factor to move things around and keep things fresh is that you've got so many different animals to potentially play as. Um, the other potential drawback is the, the, the way that progression is set up. So what the game asks you to do is play the generic survival mode and through pickups and through achieving objectives, unlock story segments. I think what I would have much preferred is the story to act as more of a tutorial play those bits, and then the roguelike mode is there, have at it. Almost the way around that Severed Steel did it. Um, I've liked what I've played so far, but I have only played like one proper run and you know maybe, maybe around about an hour's worth of content. Um, it's one I'll be sticking with. It's one I'll be sort of dipping in and out of it and around other stuff. It's an easier one, I think, to pick up and put down because it's a bit more action-focused, a bit more sort of do a run and then you're done with it kind of thing. But we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, and then <laughs> there's a bit of a story behind the last game I'm playing, um, namely Dynamite Heady for the Genesis. And Alex and Powell are already smiling because they know a little bit of the background to this story. Um, so I started playing this game on my PSP Go via an emulator. Uh, and then I had the weirdest issue. My PSP Go stopped charging, but it would 
work over USB. So I was able to plug into my computer, copy emulator, save state, game, wholesale onto the computer, and then over to my Vita. So I'm actually currently playing this game, a Genesis game, on a Genesis emulator through PSP emulation on a PlayStation Vita. It turns out the Go was an easy fix. It's literally, I just had to unplug and replug the battery. It's a known issue. Um, but yeah, that's how we got to where we are now. Uh, the game itself is great. It, it's not up there with Treasure's best work. I think Gunstar Heroes is still way above it. Um, I had a much better time with Astro Boy as well. Um, but it's a really strong action platformer. And the neat thing that it does is instead of um, what McDonald's Treasureland Adventure did, which is the scarf is on a separate button and has a rigid single direction in which you can flick it and is a little bit finicky to connect. Um, Dynamite Heady's title character um, has an attack which throws his head in a direction. And whichever direction you throw your head, if there's like a, a connector ball in that path, the head will connect to it and he will go flying. Um, the art's a little bit nicer. You can tell that they've had some more fun with the art direction. Um, it does this thing where your health bar is like a, a green to red color thing in a stage light. And the whole thing is set up as a, a theater production. So um, you heard it here first. Mario Land 3 ripped its idea from treasure. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's good. Like it's, it's not amazing yet, but I am still relatively near to the beginning because I had this hardware-related roadblock. Um, and we'll see how that goes. It looks relatively short. I expect I'll have it finished in the next week. It's one I've I've been playing with Mario and, and Rabbids on my commute. So I expect in the next few days I'll have that done. Uh, two quick shout-outs of co-op games I'm playing as well. Um, the first one is Ratchet & Clank All for One for the PS3. It's one I'd always been curious about, never thought I'd actually get around to playing it. Having started to play it, like it's the kind of co-op game where it's only fun because you're playing with someone else that you like. The, the, the game itself is pretty bare bones, um, and it, it has some of the hallmarks of Ratchet and Clank games, but it doesn't really have the charm. Um, the weapon variety is quite limited. Uh, the setup is also limited by the co-op focus. And to be fair, by, by the guardrails that they put up. So um, you can always press triangle and just zip line to wherever your teammate is. So the platforming challenges are much less. Um, the stakes are so much lower. Uh, the combat feels a little bit neutered it's all focused on making sure that you're both aiming at the same enemy at the same time but there's not an easy way to change your co-op your um lock on target so it all it, it's just all a little bit little bit wonky it's not bad it's just not great um and then we also started playing part-time ufo in co-op because part-time ufo has a co-op mode um on switch and it's a blast that game is just elevated by co-op um the silliness that you enjoy as one person you enjoy doubly as two when you're both trying to coordinate and drop things and move things it's i know you preferred it on android alex but like if you get it on switch it's a real good co-op game and i think you'd enjoy it just as much all over again um so yeah th those are my shout outs and that actually is uh is everything that i and we've been playing i don't think any of us have played it but now is probably a good time to shout out that having won the last run of how long to beat the game 
the game I picked is Citizen Sleeper because it's one I wanted to play really soon. Everyone else was amenable to it, unlike my first recommendation, my first suggestion. And um, it's on Game Pass, so we've all got access to it. Um, and it's short, which again, we've all got long things and other poor stuff pulling us away. So yeah. that's a plus. I'm actually really excited to play this one. Like, I've had this on my radar for a long time. So when you mentioned mm, it, so- I mean, for. Uh, transparency because we had talked about Aiden Chronicles as well and like that one it's just like someone that I really like a, a, a YouTuber that I really like uh, talked about how just kind of bland it was and I was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Citizen Sleeper I've only heard good things about and it seems like it's right up all of our alleys like this seems like yes. a game for us you know it, again it's one I was going to play no matter what so like the fact that you two are both on board even better um, so that's when we'll be playing over the coming weeks albeit I don't think any of us have started it yet. I don't expect to start it. Probably uh, might even be a stretch if I've started it before we next record, but like it's there to be started soon-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we roll on? We're making crazy time here into our topic this week, which is um, intense gaming moments. Uh, Now, Paolo, this was um, something that you came up with. So do you want to tell us a bit sort of what what do you think about in terms of intense moments? Was there something that you played or, or did recently that sort of brought this to your mind? Or Well, first of all, I just like how games uh, make us like sometimes like hold our breath in a very intense moment. And then when the moment is over, we just realize that we were holding our breath up there. So it's like, what there's... Something about games that gives you that um, almost a relief side that everything is kind of over, but you're also kind of like, oh, that was a very good moment in gaming or on this game. And I would almost forget it to go over it again or like, oh, no, that was a very scary and intense moment. I don't want to relieve that. And or like a, a very emotional moment but that or maybe like that kind of intensity and uh, hmm. but it, i just like how games can evoke such strong feelings and emotions on the player uh, with different um types of uh, with the different types of media it uses like with the music with the storytelling with the gameplay or just with the combination of it all so what really happened was that I was um, I was actually watching my boyfriend play a video game, Eater Hero, and the song was so difficult that even as I was just watching the game, it was like, oh no, is he gonna uh, get it? Is he gonna fail? Is he gonna go through it? And he eventually like um, went through it. Too get kicked out of this area or anything. But that got me thinking, hey, um, what are moments that have made me go like, hey, this is quite really intense and holy crap, that was very difficult to do or holy crap, this was quite emotional. Oh, I got and one. <laughs> I, and I actually got a number of them with different kinds of uh, reasons of why that moment was intense so why uh, do any of you want to start with your favorite intense moments on gaming 
Go on, Alex. You sounded like you had one there. Sure. I just got yeah. one that I'll give first, and then you know, um, later you can uh, pop them in. So uh, I was just thinking, like, I was trying to think of some, and then one immediately came to mind. It's probably because it's fairly recent. Actually, no, it's probably like a year and a half old, maybe two. But anyway, um, when I was playing Castlevania Rondo of Blood, I had on my PS4. It is a hard game. <laughs> Castlevanias are, and especially those 2D ones are tough. I got to the fight with death. Motherfucker. <laughs> death is so hard in this game. So like, cause he's constantly like woofing up and down. He's got these like scythe things that are going, launching all these freaking lightning bolts. And if you don't have your like Holy Cross or something, which I did not have at this point, you're going to have a hard time. And I fought that thing so many times, so many times. And I was getting so, so close every time. And I haven't had like, one of those like celebratory moments in a long time. It takes a lot to get me like, yeah, you know, going. And it's also hard for me to stay invested. You know what I mean? Like sometimes if a game gets too difficult, I'm just like, meh, I got more shit to do in my life. But I don't know what it was. Rondo of Blood just kind of hooked into me and I was near the end. So I was like, you know what? No, let's do this. And I think there were save states. So I think I had save state right before the battle. I don't think I save state in the battle because I also don't know if there was really enough time because it was like kind of like, you know, you could pause, but I was also like, this might screw me more than it helps me actually. Cause you know, sometimes you save state in it and then you're like, uh, oh, I save state in a part where when I click resume, it will hit me immediately. So I was just like, no, you're in a damage trap. Yeah. 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 I was like, let's just save state right before so that I can, I can at least just do that boss and not have to redo all that other shit. You know, I was like, that seems like a good compromise for me. And in that moment, and I remember I got him down to literally one more hit left. And I just got smacked by a fucking like stray <laughs> like scythe or something. And I was like, no, freaking out. And I was like, get ready. It took another like six tries. And then finally I got that like final hit on this dude. And I just remember like launching my control up. And I was like, yes. <laughs> like just that hard. Like, damn right. Screw you, death. I win. <laughs> it was just like one of those excellent moments where i'm like oh that's good and like i find honestly um it really takes like these difficult games i think to get me into that state you know um there's like very very few that can uh, do that anyway that that's mine uh, i'll think of some more while we go along here but i'd like to hear you guys I, there's definitely a few that spring to mind for me interestingly severed steel was one where there were certain levels with certain sort of setups and by the end of it, like I could feel my eyes starting to water because I hadn't been blinking. Such was my engagement with what was <laughs> happening in front of me. Um, similarly, but I think the intensity was greater just over a long period of time. Um, deep runs in Risk of Rain 2, when you get to like the end bosses or the end sequences. Um, certainly one recently when we, uh, when we finally did the Void run, um, me and my brother, there was a, a period of that run where he had died and the way that risk of rain works when you move to the next location um anyone that's dead comes back but in that location once someone dies you'd have to do without them for the rest of it so i had maybe an eight ten minute stretch of completing the objectives on this biome um playing super cautiously knowing that one wrong move was game over there was no like backup there's no get out of jail if i get caught out I'm caught out. And I mean, you guys both play Risk of Rain. Um, you know that all it takes is one wrong move and that big chunk of health you've got is nothing in an instant. Um, so that was pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, 
the final level in Deadbolt, also by Hoppo Games. Uh, every time I've played that game, that final level has gotten me um, because it's a, a multi, multi-stage encounter where you have lots of rapidly shifting parts and things that you need to react to. And again, one wrong move and it's game over. And there's such a, a, an element of treachery to the, not treachery, precariousness to, to the situation you're in. Um, and it lends extra weight to every single move. I also, I have to say, did think about sort of emotional intensity. Um, and I felt like Sumire when I played that about a year, year and a half ago, um, absolutely was that for me in just how engaging it was and how strong the emotions it elicited were. So I think certainly when you when you sort of posited the question, pal, I wasn't sure what kind of intensity you meant, but I think I think in terms of recent memories, I've got good ones for both types. Um, yeah. Does anyone else? Have... Oh, go on. Yep. Yeah, Paolo, yeah, I could have you that. <laughs> and maybe like I could have you that maybe are kind of silly in a way, but are more of a intense moments at the kind of like at the start of the game, like um, when I uh, started playing Breath of the Wild, I actually went media blackout for a while, Ooh. so there were a lot of things that I weren't really on my radar. And um, one of them was that there were kind of like very dangerous things uh, very close to the Great Plateau, which is the starting point of the game. And I was just chilling, walking towards something interesting, probably something shiny. And then I started hearing a very dramatic piano solo. And I was like, what is that? And I turn around, and it was what a huge eight-legged uh, guardian, but unlike well, those in the Great Plateau, which are like stationary, this one moved. And I was like, crap, I only have three hearts. I have a stick or something like that. I'm probably dead. And the next few minutes, I was trying to get behind trees and at that point, I, it didn't really occur to me that I could just teleport away. But I was hiding behind the trees, trying to not have it see me. Otherwise, I would have fucking dead. And it eventually went away. And I felt safe for a moment. And then I walked a little more. And another guardian came and sniped me out of existence, which was very, very... Uh, sad because I escaped danger once, it didn't uh, happen twice. But that moment of first encountering a guardian in Breath of the Wild and have and feeling like so powerless, like there was literally nothing I could do that could kill it, only I could delay it a little bit if I had arrows. Um, that was kind of scary. And the other like kind of intense-ish moments in Breath of the Wild where I had to find a certain item where a Lionel lived. You know, those kind of centaur-ish thingies with the head of a lion 
and I was sneaking away around the Lionel. I was sneaking around the Lionel, getting the the items. And I swear, those things have the most sensitive hearing in any of gaming's AI ever. Because I, I kind of like just moved behind a rock, and there was like this um, question mark sign charging, and it was like back, back, back. He saw me. He saw me. And I thought for a second it was about to go away, but then. It um, aimed its bow and arrow upwards, and it sniped me while I was behind a rock. And I was like, damn, um, I thought I was safe. So the next time I had to go around and gathering stuff, I was scared of my mind because anything, any little wrong move would, again, um, make the Lionel um, unleave me or make me not alive. So uh, that wasn't, that was very intense. Uh, after I got enough equipment, I, my fear of Lionels went away as well as my fear of Guardians, but that game for something who's just starting and at the time where there weren't really guides of how yeah. to um, kill the enemies or go around some enemies. Um, it was very tough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those are two of my beginner-ish intense moments. Another one is just playing the bug on Persona 4 dancing all night. Uh, Do you know what? I actually did think about dancing all night. If like. There's something unique about rhythm games when you're like aiming for a clean run where everything has extra weight to it and you almost get in your own head about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different experience to just playing and vibing. Yeah, you're so right. I now I think about it too. Rhythm games, when you're going for that perfect streak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had so many guitar hero moments like that where you're just playing and it's like Okay, I've got it all, I've got it all. And then as you get towards the end, it's just like your whole body's breaking out in sweats because you're just like, please God, don't get a missed note. Don't get a missed note. Don't get a missed note. And then you get one of those quick strum, strum patterns and it's like, no! You hit the one on the <laughs> You choke with like four seconds left to go. Like you play yes. an easy note and you just flub it. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, or you forget I that like there's that one game. last chord at the very end that you yeah. know, you're like, fuck! <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you just unlocked poor done. memory in me. <laughs> I can only apologize. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. In particular, this song is like the probably the hardest songs on the game. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it probably on hard mode. And, or I was trying to play it on Lunatic. I don't know. Probably hard mode. I, I'm not crazy enough to go Lunatic. Um, and the thing is, is that each time I got the the first, I'm gonna say minute of, of the song like perfectly, fluidly, like spotless, everything okay. And then I miss a note or a scratch or like my hands are like, nope, I'm not working with you today. 
and then I fucked up everything and I have to start all over again. And that song in particular, um, both because of the song itself, it is a very awesome thing. Go, go listen to it. Like the fuck, uh, Persona for Dancing at Night. We'll wait for you. Anyway, uh, that song has so much energy to it in a way. And it's so difficult to play all the way that just as Rick said, like I was so into trying to complete this little challenge that I had that I forget to blink. And holy crap, when you blink after not blinking for a while, it hurts. It's a whole but, thing. Yeah, but when you finally get it, all that pain doesn't matter. Like, it's like, yeah, I got it. And what you, did you get? Just a little crown on your, um, because you got crazy. And but that's at how the time, it writes. feels like so much more. Yeah, it does. It's like, I don't know, you achieved the goal of your life or something like that. <laughs> and mm. it was like, oh, I just spent, I don't know how many hours on it. But it counted. It was like the best. Um. I have more, but do you want to go with another moment to break it up a little bit? I think I'd need to keep thinking because there's it's like further back, like the ones that you know what the I ones that one. immediately came to mind are sort of recent ones. Go for it. Yeah, I have one that's super far back. Um, I remember playing COD Modern Warfare, like the original one, um, and at the end they have that special mission, the plane mission, right? No, no Russian. Do you mean? No, no, not no Russian. It's it's it's. Oh, you mean Spec Ops? Is it? No. Am I just being dense? I'm going to shut up. A little bit, up. but it's okay. Because <laughs> 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 um, this is like um, uh, like the very very original um, COD, um, and I'll, I'll find the name of it. It's uh, Mile High Club. That's it. Mile High Club. So okay, this this mission is it's a bonus campaign mission and it's known for being like very difficult um because essentially what you're doing in it is like you're fighting in this plane extremely close quarters and you have a timer and i believe it's two minutes and you have to get to the front of the plane and shoot and kill the hostage uh taker um in time now i remember trying because there was an achievement for being this on the hardest difficulty um which in that hardest difficulty man you get like two shots or so into you you're dead and so literally what you have to do is like there's no cover you, you don't have time to like hunker down and shoot you have to basically be able to run through this mission and just bam 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 bam, bam, bam everyone and like your reloads matter right because like you only have a certain time that you can reload and then hit 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 and i was doing this on analog by the way probably easier on uh pc but i'm using a controller so tough shit and I remember I grinded that thing out. And I remember that fucking the one time. Because, like, so often you go, and at the very end, it, like, slows down time. And you have to, like, very quickly aim and shoot at it. And it was so easy to just, like, a little off and hit the fucking hostage or just miss him. And if you do, you just ruin the whole thing. And I remember that moment when I get there right to the end and I fucking pop that guy in the head. And I was just, like, that achievement popped up. And I was like, fuck, yes! Like, it was the... That was like achievement hunting days where it was so much fun to have that. And like, it's such a good mission. It's so tense, fun, action movie um, goodness that like, 
I, I still, I played through when I played the remaster. I definitely didn't beat it on the highest difficulty this time, but I went through and I beat it anyway. Cause I was just like, I want a little bit of a, a blast from the past. So yeah, that was an intense moment for me. Like the adrenaline just pumped during that. I have a couple of more intense moments that are actually in a turn-based game, which is Fire Emblem. And one of them is from Fire Emblem, I think from the Shining Blade. Is it the fine? No, the, the, oh, what's the first one called? Holy crap, I forgot. The something blade of light. Blazing Blade, Dark. was it? No, was that a different um, one? I'm just having a nightmare now, aren't I? I just need to stop. Something dragon and blade of light. (laughs) Shadow dragon, is it? Shadow Shadow dragon. I'm stupid. How the hell did I get shining blade? Anyway, um, there goes my um, Fire Emblem Punk card. It goes Hmm. away with the wind. And the thing with it is that there was one of these... um, mage characters that I just got on that map. Don't remember the chapter. I just remember the mage character and she was a very uh, great character because it had an amazing spell that would probably one hit KO anything at that point of the game. But it has the constitution of a paper doll. So anything that hit it, hit her, would probably kill it or like get it to break get her to very low health. The thing with it is, is that I did a stupid, I made a mistake and I placed her where a lot of enemies would uh, hit her. I wasn't paying attention. And I don't remember if I just didn't want to um, restart the map because I don't think that map had any uh, saves like in between and the first enemy came it hit her i got her like to i'm gonna say one or two hp and i'm like fuck the second enemy came she evaded she dodged the third enemy the fourth enemy there were probably like five enemies and I was just there watching, powerless, because I couldn't like do anything to influence the game to make her dodge. And hopefully she ended up dodging every single enemy after the first one. But those moments of, holy crap, I'm gonna have to restart this level again. Holy crap, no, please no, I don't want to lose her. She's too good of a, of a mage to let her go so I could restart. And she went through it. And it was like, yes, now we'll have to heal you and put you on the back lines where nothing will harm you because Paula did a very stupid thing and almost made you to die. And mm. uh, in Fire Emblem, like in general, there were like a lot of moments like that for me because I am not always paying attention. And when I don't have the option, I don't play in casual. I play in on classic mode and so that means either letting the character die or uh having to restart the thing if the character was too good for that and 
the other thing is, is that I finished Fire Emblem Awakening on Lunatic. Uh, that is almost the highest yeah, uh, difficulty <laughs> of the yeah. I um I had a lot of time back then. And the thing about it is that if you want to finish Fire Emblem in Lunatic, you have to have very specific makeup on your party, party makeup, whatever. And you probably want to uh, get to the final boss of the of the final chapter in one or two turns. And you have to do some mental gymnastics to do that, but it is possible. And I got to the uh, boss with one of the units. And, uh, okay, the unit hit it. And then uh, the, the unit didn't get, die. Beautiful. And then it was the turn of the other unit. And I have to get a critical hit or it would kill me. So I had to pray to our Jesus to get the critical hit. And I forgot my character had uh, one of those abilities that give you like extra um, chances of getting the critical hit or like another kind of critical hit, but not really. So I was like, yeah, it triggered the ability. To, uh, it, and that ability, I swear, it didn't trigger like for um, for the last like five chapters. I like had very bad luck with crits uh, on at this point in the game. I crit, and I was happy, and I finished the game in Lunatic. But that would have taken at least a couple of tries more if it hadn't happened because for some ungodly reason. I needed that critical hit to finish the game without losing any units. Oh yeah, I went through Lunatic without losing any units. It was hell. I wouldn't recommend it to anyway, anyone. Um, even less Lunatic Plus because that is extra hell. I didn't finish that, but I did it. Just but being sensible people like. The extent some people will make their games harder for themselves, like it baffles me. <laughs> I know. There's, there's a lunatic plus just hurts my brain. It really does. I mean, you do you, you know? You do you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me no do that, but you do you. <laughs> and on yeah, that it note, was, Sean... I was school, so I had the time. I do not long I no longer had that amount of time, so we don't do that here in this household. So on, on the subject of people doing themselves, are you doing you? Shall we do Jesus? It's my We both had some weird word gaps in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's time for how long to beat the but, game! <laughs> yes, please, yes. <laughs> Insert jingle here. All right. How long to beat the game? Yeah, Paula is uh, doing it for us because uh, you, Rick, you had three and Paula's at two and I'm at zero because I haven't got to play mm -hmm. this round yet. So, yeah. What are we playing, Paula? <laughs> Uh, I totally forgot that it was my week, so give me a second here. 
Uh, the like the lack of professionalism, right? Like, I mean, just come on. <laughs> We're a serious show. We talk about football and video games. What the fuck? Yeah, guys, like, um... it's so serious. <laughs> 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 um, to continue with the seriousness, seriousness, I get a, a spicy pick over here, and I swear mm. it was the first roll, mm. and that is Sakura Dungeon. Oh, okay. That really is people doing themselves. God damn it. What is this? <laughs> Should I be Googling <laughs> this? Or... <laughs> oh, you better if find out. If I remember out. correctly, you should probably have the safety filter on. Safety filter on. I see. Okay. So I'm about to get some. It, like... It's a dirty, dirty game. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I see. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of them. We've had a couple of these hit us, haven't we? We have. Oh, what was that one that like Resident Evil Two yeah, knockoff? Yeah, I, I know, I know, I can't. It was something space, something space waifus or something like that, wasn't it? No, that was a different one. There was space oh, waifu, and then there was like space it was waifu, like hentai it? evil or something stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. are two different games. We have just had all the. I can't believe the they're two different the games. <laughs> <laughs> I also love this. Is like very positively rated. <laughs> yeah, people are like, I like it. It's pretty good. <laughs> The boobs were very booby. Yeah, so booby. <laughs> Ten bucks says they have like jiggle physics or something in their visual novel. Probably. How do you feel about I these am... being called visual novels, Paula? Technically, I mean, I mean technically, technically, yeah. Visual novels. <laughs> oh Jesus! I am Christ. trying to decide on what the bonus question is. I'm taking something just. To make sure it is something I can ask, and there's a like a definite objective way to say yes, you're right or not. <laughs> I don't um, think it's part of the series, though. Huh. I love the cope in this, but my favorite review, the number one review on uh, Steam with fifty eight point six hours on record. Nice gameplay, nice other. Um, stuff (laughs) 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 that's just that's it that's all you need to hear about this game right like you know what's going down let's see not to ick anyone's yum enjoy what you like (laughs) not to ick anyone's yum that's the sentence we went with yeah not to ick anyone's yum yeah you know that's what it is you ever heard that expression No, that's very new to me. Oh yeah, I don't want to ick your yum, but <laughs> it's it's I, I love that uh, expression. It's a fun one. Okay, uh, Paula, I think I've got my main. I'm. Yeah, I I wanted to ask like how many games are in the Sakura series, but I don't think there's a definitive list. Can you list. figure that out? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I feel like there's fucking loads. Genuinely. Yeah. I, I feel like one just came out on Switch and it was like one of the Sakura somethings and it was number six. And that's just one of the spin-offs. Let which me is kind of kind quick. of mind blowing. Okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> I've done something slightly um, cheeky, but because <laughs> um, I really don't I'm know. I'm gonna use the um data on Giant Bomb. Oh, okay. For Website. Like... And yeah, how many games are in this series? This specific Ooh, series? According to Giant Jump. 
giant bomb, sorry. Is this a big series? I okay. Well. Uh I didn't even know this was a series. <laughs> right, my answer is ready. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, hold on. I'm pop, I'll pop mine in here. Um, I don't know. I, I, there you go. My guess is in. Okay. Dokey. So, for the main story, um, Alex says 12 hours and a half. And Rick says 15 hours. Let me do some math here. <laughs> yeah, uh -oh. uh, Alex is almost there because the game is 13 hours and a half. Oh, fucking so half Alex hours, man. The first half hour. Uh, oh, yeah. nice. I get that one. Nice. Okay, that was close. You get that hour. one. Actually, yeah. if you only said 12 hours, I think it would have been a tie. Been a tie. Oh, wow. Half hours work. For Shit, I should have put more half hours. Fucking on. half hours. I just, I basically <laughs> just added. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. <laughs> oh, let's God. See. Okay, so, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, policy is exactly what, what I did. <laughs> did you put okay, half hours on the end of everything just to... No, you'll see. No. Alex uh -oh. says 24 hours for main and sites. Main plus, sorry. And Rick says uh, 24 hours, too. So mm -hmm. both oh. get the point, but the correct answer is 22 hours. Yeah, I. Oh, okay. I might. Act, my strategy might have worked for me. Okay. For one hundred percent, Alex says thirty-six hours. It's just a twelve times two than three. Twelve, twelve, twelve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Rick says forty-five hours. Oh, and right the correct the answer is thirty-six hours. Alex hey. is right on the money. Oh, right on the money. Damn. I wish I got bonus points for that, but I don't. So I'm just happy to take my point. <laughs> mm -mm. Finally, for I... the how many games are on this series? Um, Alex says 12 games. And Rick says, did you just edit that? I, if I initially said 40. I changed it to be 33. I did that before we started doing this bit. Pal <laughs> is like okay. a shenanigans. <laughs> you, you, can see the edit time. you can see the edit time. I, I don't care. I did think about, I thought about putting 69, but I, there's no Did I like many. severely undershoot? I don't know. I really don't I know. I think so, personally. Yeah. Eric says 33 games. I'm watching you, Rick. And you and your shenanigans over there. Hmm? Um, the Closest to the total of games, according to Giant Bomb, is Rick because it has 31 entries on. Wow, those are a lot of games. Yeah. So I think that puts us on three points each because we we got a tie point. So it's Rick six, me three, Paolo two. So it's still anyone's game. And we're still in game week one, so one of you could still take the lead next week. You have to do the next round yeah so i have to host correct monday mm -hmm. so yeah if if, they, if you needed any more reasons to tune in next time <laughs> there's one more well thanks everybody <laughs> we'll see you in a week peace bye